Recession and inflation are here. Gas, housing, and everyday goods are up, way up. And you want to be ready for any situation. So what would you do if there's no food on the shelf? Arc Heirloom Seeds are here to help. Did you know 99% of seeds sold today can't reproduce? With Heirloom Seeds, you only have to plant once. Then you can grow year after year, giving you and your family stability and security because things are getting crazy out there. Our all-in-one seed kit provides everything you need to grow your own food. This premium seed kit has over 65 varieties, 50,000 seeds in stores for 15 years. You'll also get our exclusive seed guide to make growing a no-brainer. Arc Seed Kits is a family-owned and operated business and the most trusted name in the nation for over 15 years. Our mandate is to get heirloom seeds into every home in America. Go to arcseedkits.com today and get free shipping by entering promo code podcast. That's ARKseedkits.com, promo code podcast. Get your seeds, get prepared, get growing. Arcseedkits.com. Today is November 22nd, 2022, and our first story. Republicans are preparing to impeach Biden. The voters demand it. And in the House, they swear they will strip Ilhan Omar, Adam Schiff, and Eric Swalwell of their committee positions. Begun, the revenge has. In our next story, in Colorado, there was a mass shooting. And it's kind of terrifying. Just about an hour before the shooting, this club posted an all-ages drag brunch. Could it be related? I'm seeing more and more people call for violence on both sides. In our last story, Elon Musk has done it. He has resurrected Sargon of Akkad, a.k.a. Carl Benjamin. Hey, we're winning the culture war. If you like this show, give us a good review. Leave us five stars and share the show with your friends. Now, let's get into that first story. We are but a couple days away from Thanksgiving. And things are slowing down in the news, but there still is a lot of big happenings going on. And the one thing we can see is that the ball has just started rolling, or a better way to put it is the snowball has begun rolling down the hill. Timcast.com reports majority of GOP voters want Republican majority in Congress to investigate potential impeachment of President Biden. Yeah, now in the majority, not so much. Another poll shows that most people really don't care. And I think that's an important thing for Republicans to remember. You must play to your base, the activists who push the cause for you. But you also got to remember that people care about kitchen table issues. And if you dedicate all of your time to impeaching Joe Biden, you ain't going to do so well in 2024. There's a lot going on. And the only thing that really matters, I got to be honest, is uh, ballot harvesting. Because while we can see these issues that rile us up and excite us, the basement strategy is working. That's what the Hill says. Democrats are hiding in the basement because they know ballot harvesting means they can say nothing and win. And this means Republicans, too, can say nothing and win. And this is actually really bad. We're not debating ideas anymore. We're arguing procedure. That's where we're at. We're deciding who rules this nation not based on who has the best ideas, but who can manipulate the system the best. So we're in trouble because where I see this going, dark, dark places. But Donald Trump, of course, was always, we had a story from Real Clear Politics, a symptom, not the cause of. The populist movement is people rising up saying they're sick of this and they want something to change. They're sick of their, their questions going unanswered. They're sick of, sick of these problems never being solved. 
And because we are going down a path where it's just policy and procedure and not actually campaigning on the issues, you see that this will get worse for the left, I guess. For the right, maybe there will be victory. But if Donald Trump and everything he represents is a symptom of the fact that people were not getting satisfaction, certainly the movements being made by Democrats and their basement strategy will only make things worse. And I truly fear there will come a point people won't even realize it. The violence starts. I mean, the violence has started. I've heard it over and over again from people saying we're in a civil war. You've heard it. You've heard it from me. You've heard it from the mainstream media. You've heard it from MSNBC. I hear people in the street talking about this. And many people say, oh, it's silly. It'll never happen. Well, whatever happens, it will happen gradually and then suddenly. Meaning we see all these things bubbling up in the press. Threats against Trump, threats against Democrats. I mean, political threats. They're trying to arrest Trump. They're trying to find him. They're trying to bring Stormy Daniels back up. It will never stop. No longer are the days where we say, good, sir, your policy on taxes makes no sense. I'm reminded of Futurama. Such a great show. I love citing Futurama. Thousand years in the future, they're watching a political debate between John Jackson and Jack Johnson, clones. And the one guy says, I think your tax policy goes too far. And the other guy goes, well, I think your tax policy doesn't go too far enough. The joke was they had positions, but they were meaningless. They were basically the same person. And while the joke was funny to us at the time, because it showed that the uniparty was the same thing, no matter who you voted for, the reality is we're not even going to have that in the future. In the future, it's going to be don't know, don't care, vote based on the D or the R. We saw a tragedy happen. I'm not going to get into the specifics because I don't want to rehash that story in this segment that's political. But my friends, we are dangerously close to a position where violence is at our doorstep. We can make these points. We can argue all this. But sooner or later, there will be a pop. And it doesn't matter what you say or do. People will just say, I don't care. Your side is the bad side. So be it. And that's what's happening before our eyes. If the basement strategy is the reality for Democrats. I hope you're ready. But let's read these stories and give a good breakdown of the current state of the political machine and the positive news. There are victories. Elon Musk taking Twitter and the Republicans winning means maybe there will be some kind of political control that stops the violence before it gets out of, out of hand and things go back into, I don't know, law and order. We're not in a law and order state right now, my friends. Certainly not. The DOJ has been weaponized by the Democrats. They're not campaigning on policy. They're campaigning on destruction and occult. A cult, not occult. The Republicans are desperately saying facts don't care about your feelings. That's not working too well, is it? We'll see what happens. Before we get started, head over to TimCast.com. If you want to read stories like this, become a member by clicking the Join Us button as a member. You'll get access to exclusive segments from the TimCast IRL podcast, as well as Cast Castle Vlog and Tales from the Inverted World and Chicken City. Well, Chicken City is free. You can watch Chicken City, but uh, my favorite show, by the way. You'll be supporting our journalists, more importantly, and helping us pursue this mission and build culture. I know a lot of people want to see a lot more than we have, but we're getting there. We're not a movie studio. We don't have this investment or we don't have the ability to just we don't have the ability to just launch a, a sitcom overnight. So we're working up towards it. Cast Castle is improving greatly. Uh, we're learning how to do things better. We're bringing in uh, experts and consultants to figure it out. 
But I'm not going to take investment to launch a studio because I don't want to give control to anybody. Timcast is 100% owned and operated by me. There's no one else. I'm the only board member. I'm the CEO. It's my company. I run it. That's the way it is. Pros and cons. It means it'll take us longer to get things rolling. But with your support, we can make it happen. But it also means there will never be a point where someone takes this company and makes it do stupid things. Challenging, but we can do it. Here's the story from TimCast.com. So smash that like button, subscribe to this channel, share the show with your friends. Here we go. Majority of GOP voters want Republican majority in Congress to investigate potential impeachment of President Biden. Just 6%. uh, Oh, I'm sorry. Let's just say this is Cassandra Fairbanks reporting. Just 6% of Democrat voters want Republicans to investigate an impeachment as a top priority. Among Republicans, 55% consider impeachment to be a top priority. About 28% of American voters say they back an investigation into Hunter Biden, according to the Morning Consult poll. About 7% of Democrats and 52% of Republicans, excuse me, say the next Congress should focus on investigating Hunter Biden. You see, that's funny. 52% of Republicans say that. You know, normally I'd say, hey, hey, you should all be focusing on specifically kitchen table issues. I wouldn't say that anymore. Look, I, 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 here, let, me, let me clarify this. I think Republicans need to have a strong focus on kitchen table issues outright because they need to make sure they're reaching regular people. But in reality, the only thing that really matters is ballot harvesting. So they can say whatever they want. The left is going to accuse them of being fascists. And that's it. And then they're going to go door to door and they're going to get people to vote based on the D. That's it. House Minority Leader Kevin McCarthy, who is poised to become speaker in the new Congress, told CNN earlier this month that while he is opposed to using impeachment for political purposes, that doesn't mean if something rises to the occasion, it would not be used. Please, for the love of all that is holy, impeach Joe Biden. Republicans are already investigating him. So I'm just saying, please impeach him. Okay, we need that. We need the investigation. We need the statements. I'm all saying Republicans should better make sure they're talking to regular people. Four of the resolutions have been sponsored by Rep. Mar- okay, so they say uh, um, there have been at least eight resolutions to impeach Biden since he took office. Three of them focused on his handling of migrants at the border, three over his fumbled withdrawal of Afghanistan, one related to Hunter Biden's business dealings, and one over the eviction moratorium during the height of the COVID-19 pandemic. All worthy candidates. Four of the revol- resolutions have been sponsored by Rep. Marjorie Taylor Greene, who has vowed to reintroduce them into the new Congress after the current one expires. She believes Joe Biden should have been impeached as soon as he was sworn in. So, of course, she wants it to happen as soon as possible. For his part, Biden shrugged off the possibility of being impeached. Blah, blah. Don't know. Don't care. Impeach him. Well, here we go, ladies and gentlemen. The ball's rolling and there's stuff happening. And it is fanciful, to say the least. Adam Schiff slams Kevin McCarthy after he promises to remove three prominent Dems from their committees. He will do whatever Marjorie Taylor Greene wants him to do. Oh, I find it so funny. Shut up, Schiff. You're such an awful person. Adam Schiff is an evil, evil man. I don't use that word lightly, but we are in dangerous times. Adam Schiff released the private phone records of a private American citizen. Wow. A man who did nothing wrong. Did you know Fast Growing Trees is the biggest online nursery in the U.S.? With more than 10,000 different kinds of plants and over 2 million happy customers in the U.S.? They have everything you could possibly want, like fruit trees, palm trees, evergreens, houseplants, and so much more. Whatever you're interested in, they have it for you. Find the perfect fit for your climate and space. 
Fast Growing Trees makes it easy to order online, and your plants are shipped directly to your door in one to two days. And along with their 30-day Alive and Thrive guarantee, they offer free plant consultation forever. This spring, they have the best deals online, up to half off on select plants and other deals. And listeners to our show get an additional 15% off their first purchase when using the code POOL at checkout. That's an additional 15% off at fastgrowingtrees.com using the code POOL at checkout. Fastgrowingtrees.com, code POOL. Offer is valid for a limited time. Terms and conditions may apply. That's crazy. Among other people, don't get me wrong. Adam Schiff criticized House Minority Leader Kevin McCarthy for vowing to remove three Democrats from their committee assignments if elected speaker. McCarthy has his sights set on removing Rep. Ilhan Omar, who is on the House Foreign Affairs Committee. Good. Reps Adam Schiff and Eric Swalwell, who are on the House Intelligence Committee from their assignments. Very good. And I'll give you two simple reasons why it's good. One, Adam Schiff lied. He said, I have proof that Donald Trump colluded with Russia right here, but I can't show it to you. Lie. Eric Swalwell was in a relationship, it's been reported, with a Chinese spy. Probably shouldn't be getting key intelligence, should he? I'll keep that promise. McCarthy said Sunday on Fox News' Sunday Morning Futures. After reporter Maria Bartiromo asked if he will deliver on removing Omar Schiff and Swalwell from committees. Schiff responded to McCarthy's potential undertaking on a Sunday episode of the ABC's This Week, saying, well, I suspect he will do whatever Marjorie Taylor Greene wants him to do. He's a very weak leader of this of this conference, meaning that he will adhere to the wishes of the lowest common denominator. And if that lowest common denominator wants to remove people from committees, that's what they'll do. Marjorie Taylor Greene got removed for committees because she said things before she got elected to office. How about we remove you for the things you did in office? To say the least. In order for McCarthy to become House Speaker next year, replacing Pelosi, he will need to win 218 votes in the House. It's possible the effort may prove to be a challenge given Republicans' narrow margin of victory this midterm season. Well, come on. Republicans are at 219. They got it. Now, there were 31 individuals in the House Freedom Caucus saying they would oppose McCarthy. And uh, I'm all here for it. You cannot whisper sweet nothings into my ear, McCarthy, and have me just agree to this. But there is one thing that sways me. Marjorie Taylor Greene supporting Kevin McCarthy. Now, I don't I don't trust Kevin McCarthy. I do trust Marjorie Taylor Greene. It's funny, isn't it? They want to smear her and they want to lie about her. Mm, No, I like Marjorie. She's cool. She hangs out. She speaks freely and truly and often incorrectly. I don't mean all the time or the majority of the time, but you know, she said things that are wrong. She's owned up to it. The media smears her with the things she says, take it out of context. But my, my view of Marjorie is that every time we've had her come in, it's felt real. Like we were actually talking and she has opinions and we disagree about some things, but I didn't feel like she was just saying things for the sake of saying things that I can't stand. You see it all the time. People will come out. McCarthy, for instance, he's that kind of guy. He'll come out and say, I'm going to I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get rid of these off their committees. And you're like, OK, it's a good thing. But I don't believe you, dude. I mean, like maybe he'll do this, but I don't believe he actually cares. He's establishment. He just wants to be in office. He wants to be in power. He wants his minor victories where the Republicans slowly lose to Democrats because the establishment Republicans are Democrats driving a speed limit. Marjorie Taylor Greene comes in and she's just like grooming is bad. Milo works for me. That was funny. Got to stop the immigration stuff. And I'm like, yeah, 
Sounds like she's actually saying things she believes. I'll tell you this, Marjorie Taylor Greene for Speaker of the House. You know, if we're, if we're being real, Kevin McCarthy, bleh. But Marjorie Taylor Greene probably wouldn't win. I don't know. So we'll see if they vote for Kevin McCarthy. I really doubt they're going to vote for Hakeem Jeffries. So we'll see. Some Republicans have criticized McCarthy, including Adam Kinzinger, who said McCarthy has been siding with the insurrectionists. Yeah, Kinzinger is not a Republican and he's out anyway. So who cares? Liz Cheney called McCarthy the leader of the pro-Putin wing. She's also not a Republican and she's out. So who cares? Green supports McCarthy's efforts, calling it a bad strategy for Republicans to go against him. Under his leadership, he has said he will reinstate her on committee assignments despite her far right ideologies. Like what? What far right ideology? Spare me your nonsense. Schiff, who was also on the committee investigating the January 6th insurrection, continued, it's going to be chaos with Republican leadership. And sadly, the crazy caucus has grown among the Republicans. Reps for McCarthy and Schiff did not immediately respond to insider requests, insiders request for comments. Well, here's the real issue. I'm all for it, man. Let's see it. Let's see some actual change. Let's see some accountability. But here's the reality. Joe Concha hits the nail on the head with the hammer. The basement strategy is working for Democrats. Well, he hits the nail on the head in some respects, but we can argue some other points. He says, Arizona Secretary of State Katie Hobbs will be the next governor of Arizona, barring a recount that says otherwise. Uh, Joe, and a legal challenge and ballot curing. We don't know. I mean, we'll see. And when the Democrat is sworn in, she'll likely thank her handlers privately for their media strategy in getting her over the finish line after looking like the underdog going into the election against Kerry Lake. Hobbs embraced the same strategy that served Joe Biden as a candidate and continues to serve him as president, almost entirely avoiding the media, shunning any interview interviewer who may ask a tough question and rejecting the opportunity to debate an opponent. Hobbs did all three, got some benign criticism for it and still won a razor thin margin. I'm going to pause real quick. Guys, just because the media claims it happened doesn't mean it happened. It has not been certified. We don't know who won. Currently, Kerry Lake is losing. The certification has not occurred. For, uh, for many of these elections, certification has happened. That means it's done. They say, OK, we got it. Two counties, I think three actually, have said they're not going to certify. They're waiting. Now, some have reported it's a protest that they plan to certify later when, they're at, when they reach the deadline. But Carrie Lake seems to be in entertaining a legal challenge. I think it's highly unlikely she wins this one. And I am a fan of Carrie Lake. I have an autographed hat from her. We have two hats from her. I think she's great. I think she's one of the best politicians. She's not really a politician, but one of the best people to run for office in this country. Her, like Marjorie, she's real. You can hang out with Carrie Lake and you talk to her and it feels like you're talking to a human being. But more importantly, like, yo, Carrie Lake is an, is an imposing figure. And what I mean by that is she's the kind of person like Trump. They walk into a room and it just feels like for uh, you, you can feel the energy. It's just there. These are people of strong mind, Trump less tactful. Carrie Lake, she's got the charisma. She's got the mind for this, the media savvy. She understands the policy. She's got the tact for it presidential material hands on. Now, some people have said vice president. That's what they're saying right now. They think she's going to run for VP. Yeah, maybe. But Carrie Lake is presidential. It's, it, 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 it is a sight to behold, man. Look, I got to tell you, I'm a fan. You, 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 you sit in front of Carrie Lake and you ask her and you hear her speak and you know she's got what it takes beyond the X factor. I typically don't trust all politicians. I typically don't trust a lot of politicians. 
But you know what I like? This populist wave. These handful of people that you sit down with and it feels legit. That's not everybody who claims to be a populist. Thomas Massey, good dude. I've criticized him in the past. But when you actually talk to him, he's like a real guy just telling you stuff's going on. Like, imagine you're at a bar and the person next to you starts talking and you're like, is that true, man? I don't know. And you're having a real conversation. That's what it feels like with Marjorie Taylor Greene, Carrie Lake, with Thomas Massey. I've not hung out with Rand Paul, but I trust Rand Paul. I like him. But uh, no, Carrie's probably more like talking to the bartender, like somebody who really knows what they're talking about when you're asking about drinks. And it feels genuine. It's clear, quote, quote. It's clear that Carrie Lake is much more interested in creating a spectacle and having the spotlight than actually having a substantive discussion about the issues Hobbs recently told NBC's Meet the Press. When asked why she would not debate Lake, the answer got little pushback from the moderator. Here's my point when we bring all this stuff together. This is where we are currently. Real Clear Politics says Trump was always the result of the conservative populist coalition, not the cause. Trump said a lot of things people liked. But you know what people liked more than policy? Vigor. Rage. Confidence. The populist wave chanting, build the wall and lock her up. A policy position and a retribution position. So conservatives, of course, tend to be the party of facts, don't care about your feelings. Democrats, of course, tend to be the party of feelings, don't care about your facts. Which brings us to the basement strategy. Donald Trump is caricatured by the right as riding a, a, a griffin with, win, or what is it, a, a pegasus, holding a sword and wearing golden armor and other nonsense like that. I know, it's funny, it's silly. They view him as the leader of people rising up and saying enough. The Democrats hide, convince their cult to vote. It's a scary reality if you think about it. Both sides are just saying we've had enough. One side fueled by logic and sometimes wrong, but trying to get things right. That's the Republicans, mind you. And the Democrats fueled by fear and tribe, as evidenced by the basement strategy. Don't come out. Don't give us your opinions. Don't tell us what you want to do. Just say orange man bad. It's a cult. Here's what they say about Carrie Lake. I love how they can write both of these things in the same headline. Phil Boas for AZ Central says, Carrie Lake deserves our contempt, but so does an election system that breaks down. Why does Carrie Lake deserve our contempt? She was right. What's wrong with you? Isn't that crazy? She was like, hey, our machines are having issues. We should fix those. And then the machines had issues. Come on. He writes, it's a very old observation that mainstream media is mostly liberal and sees the world as liberals see it. It's not a complaint. It's just the way it is. The nature of a business that attracts more people from the left than the right. So it is, well, it's because of where people live, mostly. So it is also clear to me that had the malfunctioning equipment in nearly one in three Maricopa Maricopa County polling places frustrated Democrat voters in the same way as it did uh, Republicans, the New York Times never would have parachuted in, uh, would have, never would have parachuted in its crack team of reporters to tell us the election was hunky-dory. Nor would they have done a sub-headline treatment like this one, quote, Miss Lake supporters say in testimonials they had problems at Phoenix area polling sites, but a review by the New York Times shows that most of them successfully cast their ballots. New York Times says nothing to see here. The gray lady had, had not come to investigate Maricopa County's election meltdown. It came to knock down Republican reaction to it. So it waited 22 paragraphs to offer this, quote, oh, I love it. 
Many of the voters' accounts and the Lakes campaign's claims have their origins in a widespread malfunction of voting equipment early on the morning of Election Day that caused delays and confusion across the Phoenix area. End of quote. What did, uh, what did Joe Biden say? Read the line or what was that? I can't remember. 28 paragraphs to serve up these two relevant sentences. Isolated printer malfunctions are common enough, but the scale of what happened in Maricopa County was far from ordinary. At least one printer failed at 70 of the county's 223 polling places on Tuesday morning. Except voters were disenfranchised. Yes, the scale was far from ordinary. It demanded the attention of election officials and poll workers across the greater Phoenix for much of the day. The problem was huge. So were the lines it created. I saw for myself at my own voting center where the line snaked outside the building filled with dozen upon dozens of weary voters. These were the stalwarts who waited hours to go through the bottleneck to cast a ballot, much like those Republicans who are putting their stories on video for Carrie Lake and co. They weren't the disenfranchised because they made darn sure they weren't. The disenfranchised were the ones who didn't wait, who didn't have the time or physical stamina, think of the elderly, to stand in line for hours to cast a ballot. They took one look at those lines and said, screw it. Good luck finding them. Now Republicans are mad. Their candidate for governor is refusing to concede and says she's assembling a legal team to gather evidence to challenge the outcome. Here, here, Carrie Lake, you do it. Was the election rigged? No way. There's no way Maricopa County Republicans who oversaw this election stole it. They're professional and honest people who would never sabotage a vote, let alone their own party and its candidates. Is Carrie Lake out of line? Not just out of line, but preposterous, making accusations without evidence and calling election officials clowns and imbeciles. Should there be a redo? No, full stop. However, a lot of immediate attention covering the spectacle have understated what happened to voters on November 8 in Maricopa County. And there you have it, my friends. Let me pause and break that quote reading and go through it one more time. Was the election rigged? No way, he says. Well, my response is probably not. OK, well, it depends on what your definition of rigged is, I guess. If you mean that there was ballot harvesting, there was. Does it, does it mean there was illegal ballot harvesting? I don't know. We know there was ballot harvesting because it's legal in Arizona. You just have to be a family member or certified as someone's caregiver. If you want to argue that Democrats use the mail-in voting system and you call that rigged, I get it. I just say Democrats are winning by the, by, by the rules, not winning based on arguing ideas. Republicans call that being rigged, I suppose. Let me tell you a story. Before I started recording this, I saw a video on YouTube about Magic the Gathering. Magic the Gathering. Uh, rules, rules, rules. Let me explain to you something. Many of you may not be familiar with the game Magic the Gathering. It is one of the most popular card games in the world. And in fact, many of the players are pro poker players as well. So it gets interesting. The rules are not super complicated, but there's, there's, a, there's a culture around the game. I watched a video where professional players, I'll keep it very, very vague and simple for you. They were playing a game. And what happened was there's a, there's, a, there's a few things that to be argued. There's uh, phases in the game. Things take place during phases. There's the beginning of combat. It's a game, right? And then there's the declaring your attackers. Just I, forgive me if you're like, I don't get this, Tim. Just, just bear with me. The point is there's colloquial terminology 
and explicit terminology. And what happened was a guy ended up winning a game because the Spanish speaker didn't understand that there was colloquial shorthand. So when the when the Spanish speaker said the phrase verbatim on the card, the other player said, aha, you have declared via shorthand you are ending your your turn. I'm being overly simplistic with this for those that understand the game. Many of you may be familiar with the scenario. My point is this. You'd think in good spirit of the game, you'd say, here's my intention. Do you understand? And they would say, I get it. I lost. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify. The global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Democrats are not winning elections by going to people and saying, let me pass tax policy. They're sending ballot harvesters out who says, hey, look, Democrats, hey, and they're collecting the ballots. So rigged, define it your way. Are the Democrats playing by the rules? They are. They're playing to the rules and taking advantage of the system. And you think it's unfair, but it's actually just dirty politics. He says there's no way Maricopa County Republicans who oversaw the election stole it. Well, yeah, they lost. Certainly established Republicans. Establishment Republicans don't like Kerry Lake. But I don't think Republicans were sabotaging their own voters. I think what happened was they're incompetent clowns and imbeciles. Is Carrie like out of line? No, she's not. You outright said people were disenfranchised, the elderly. This is unacceptable. Should there be a redo, in my opinion? I don't know. I don't know if you need one. Ballot curing and lawsuits may rectify this. But maybe, maybe there does need to be a redo. He says, however, a lot of media covering it, uh, covering the spectacle, have, have understated what happened to voters in Maricopa County. Now that is an understatement. Look at this. Carrie Light claims her voters were disenfranchised. Her voters tell a different story. No, they don't. When a voter films a video and says, I'm not backing down. The reason they're filming a video is because they're the kind of person who knows what's going on. But what about the people who don't know what's going on, who just left? Your vote mattered. 17,000 people cast their ballot into box three. How many people walked away without casting a ballot, not knowing why their ballot wasn't taken by the machine? 17,000 of them are is the margin of victory for Katie Hobbs. Carrie Lake must, must file the lawsuit ASAP. And I know she will because she's awesome. I don't know if she'll win. It's an uphill battle, but I'm glad someone is calling it out and it looks like she has standing. So let's see it. Here's where they're going with it. Yahoo says Carrie Lake's fawning tweet hints at her next career hope. Twitter users say she tweeted. We need him now more than ever. Carrie Lake is the biggest Trump supporter. Ah, She's one of them. Uh, She's a big fan. I like Trump. I'm not the biggest Trump supporter. I, 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 there's so much that I do like about Trump. I am not a, I am not a retribution candidate, and that's why I like Carrie Lake. You know, I think a, a, a Carrie Lake would be a DeSantis-like governor. She would be the best of both worlds. I think DeSantis is fantastic, by the way. She would be a, a the best of both worlds, someone who is quite a Trumpian, but with more tact. Similar uh, to DeSantis. I think Carrie Lake's better than DeSantis, to be completely honest. 
I haven't seen her govern, though. But, uh, I, man, I don't know about Carrie Lake running as VP for Trump. I don't like the idea of someone running as a VP after having lost their election. But Donald Trump didn't hold any office when he ran, and I can respect it. I think Ian brought this up on Timcast IRL. Carrie Lake is famous. She's strong. She's, 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 a, she's a former member of the media. Not, not your typical politician. Not really a politician. I wonder. DeSantis Lake 2024. I definitely vote for that. I don't live in Arizona. I didn't vote in Arizona. If Carrie Lake does end up on a ticket, I will absolutely support her for now. I want to see what she campaigns on. I want to see how she handles herself in a primary and a presidential election. I don't know that Carrie Lake would run for president because why would she go up against people like Trump when she says we need him now more than ever? So this is going to be interesting. People say there's going to be a primary between DeSantis and Trump. Many others. Maybe. Maybe there won't be. Some have suggested that DeSantis going up against Trump is just, he'd lose. Why do it? I think he should. I think Kerry Lake should. I think they should because it'll make all of them better candidates. Kerry Lake, I think, this is interesting. You know, people have said, Milo, Milo Yiannopoulos said that DeSantis has the charisma of some, something un, un, unnerving. Like when you, he gives you a feeling like when you're reaching for an object and you accidentally touch something moist, like a wet sponge. Masterfully done, Milo, by the way. It was one of the most epic takedowns or roasts of an individual. And I like Ron DeSantis, but it was so good. The long drawn out, the accent, the wet sponge. Ah, oh, he nailed it. It was funny. I'll give you that. But what about Carrie Lake? Carrie Lake doesn't have the gravitas of Trump, but she has more tact. I would love to see it. I don't know how Carrie Lake goes up against Trump because she's going to be like, he's right. He's strong. I agree with him. Then why are you running against him? I don't know. But I think if you put the three of them on a stage and had them argue, Trump would have to deal with the tact of Carrie Lake, with the policy success of Ron DeSantis and his double digit support. And Kerry Lake and DeSantis would have, a go, have to go up against Donald Trump's vigor, his commanding and imposing power. I think Kerry Lake is great. I think it's a rock, paper, scissor type scenario. All of these, these candidates going up against each other, they would have to become better than they are now. I'd like to see it. I would love to see it. I'm so excited for primary season, my friend, because my friends, it's coming soon. Within a few months, we're going to start hearing the mutterings. They say Joe Biden's going to run again, but that is insane. Unless you realize they're running on the basement strategy. If Republicans do not get a massive ballot harvesting operation underway, and they better have started now, they'll lose 2024. And that's all that matters. The Democrats know it. And that's why they're going to run Joe Biden. Because it doesn't matter. They could run a ham sandwich, put a D next to it. Ballot harvesting wins. So I hope you all have paid attention to where we are at in politics. And the negative outcome to all of this is we're heading towards a world where it's just R versus D. I mean, we're there. That's it. We're there. And with violence escalating, I hope things do not get bad, but it seems like they will. Vote. Because if we can get a sweeping victory, if Republican vigor combined with ballot harvesting happens, it will be a major landslide. And then after they win, they can clean up all the voting systems. Maybe then they can weed out the corruption. Here's hoping. I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up tonight. 
at 8 p.m. over at youtube.com slash timcastirl. Thanks for hanging out, and I'll see you all then. A great day shines upon us, and this thanks to the man Elon Musk, who took a tremendous risk to his personal wealth to help save this world. Yeah, I know Elon's not perfect. There's a lot of bad things he does. I don't actually believe a whole lot in him. He's got business dealings in China, things that I question. And his statement on Alex Jones is kind of BS. But yo, I will take a win when I see it. Ladies and gentlemen, Sargon of Akkad. Carl Benjamin, my good friend, is back on Twitter. Glad to see it, Carl. Uh, For those that don't know, when I was starting up my YouTube channel after leaving Fusion, Carl hit me up and asked me to produce a guest segment for his channel on YouTube. He had hundreds of thousands of subscribers. And so I made a video talking about how the fake news operated, and it was just off the top of my head. And Carl uploaded it, linked to my very small channel of but a humble 40,000 subscribers. And then he helped push me. I think think actually I might have had like uh, 60,000. And then he pushed me over 100. And then I got my silver play button. So thank you very much for that, Carl Benjamin. For those that aren't familiar, why this story is so important is that Carl Benjamin is one of the earliest culture warriors raising uh, red flags over what was going on with the media and with academia. And if more people had listened to this man 10 years ago, we may have averted the worst of the culture war crisis. We may have averted the worst of the death and destruction that we saw throughout the George Floyd riots. And maybe things would have been uh, a bit more peaceful. But with Elon Musk purchasing Twitter, I was uh, actually fairly surprised to see that Carl Benjamin himself, who he now runs the Lotus Eaters podcast, I recommend you you guys check that out, has been restored to Twitter. Now, I don't think that getting banned from Twitter is the end all be all for anyone's career. Clearly, Carl Benjamin's been running the Lotus Eaters podcast to much success. But now he is here in front of everybody. There, there is an advantage to being on Twitter in terms of being in the fray. One of the original culture warriors. I'm sure that the reinstatement of Carl Benjamin will have all of the woke journalists screaming, it's a game, Gamergate 2.0 or 3, 3 or 4. I've lost count of how many times we've accused Gamergate of being resurrected. Every single time something happens, these journalists come out and they're like, Gamergate's happening again. It's like, okay, dude, well, you don't know what you're talking about. But it's, uh, it really is amazing to see Carl Benjamin's return. And uh, he's, he's been in it. He says, thank you for bringing me back to life, Elon Musk. Five years in exile is a long time. A lot has changed. We're in a different world now and I'm a different man. Things will be different, but hopefully better. The tide may be turning. Carl then goes on to thank many people, including Michael Malice and The Quartering, as well as me, Andy No, Lauren Chen, Styx, and Count Dankula. We've all been uh, uh, cheering on Carl and uh, calling for his reinstatement. Michael Malice put out a tweet say, uh, to Elon Musk saying, Re- reinstate this man. He has been reinstated. Carl Benjamin gives a shout out to Jordan Peterson, Brett Weinstein, Conceptual James, James Lindsay, and Peter Bogosian, among many others. So uh, I think this is, a, this is a tremendous moment. It really is. And, and maybe a bit more esoteric for those that have only started getting into politics in the past few years, because Sargon, Carl Benjamin, has been off Twitter for five years. Five years. To understand who this man is, he's been referred to by these university professors, people like Jordan Peterson. I think it actually was Jordan Peterson who said this. He called Carl Benjamin a blue collar intellectual or something to that effect. Uh, I think that's a blue collar. What do you say? Intellectual? Is that what he said? 
basically the working man's smart person. That is, Carl is your your average guy who pays attention and started calling these things out, started doing the research. And in the past, Carl has produced a bunch of really amazing videos, particularly on Venezuela. I remember the docu- documentary that Carl made on his uh, channel, Sargon of Akkad, on YouTube, discussing um, Venezuelan politics. This is a huge win. And uh, ladies and gentlemen, we, we may be about to enter into a memoir three with Elon Musk reinstating all of these individuals. I mean, a ton of people are back. We've got uh, the Babylon Bee, Jordan Peterson, Andrew Tate, Trump, ALX, ALX tweeting himself, Veritas, James Lindsay, Office of Mike, Marjorie Taylor Greene, Savannah Hernandez, Juanita Broderick. Who's next? Yo, this is crazy. Elon Musk is not just sitting around. Now, I said that I would not give my $8 to Elon Musk unless he freed the political prisoners. And he has. And so, you know, life isn't perfect. Alex Jones should be reinstated. That's it. Elon Musk says he won't do it. His reasoning is, is, is incorrect, lacks moral and principle. But I'll take a win when I can take one. You know what I mean? I understand it may be difficult for Elon to reinstate Alex Jones due to the controversy. And my response uh, the other day, we were talking about this with Darren Beatty. He said, maybe he can't, the political climate. He can only do so much. And I'm like, sure, then don't lie to me. Don't tell me the, re- the, the reason is because of the kids when the real reason is you're scared or it's impossible. Just... Either don't address it or say something like there's only so much that can be done or say something. You know, he, he didn't have to take the issue of Alex Jones and make it so negative when he was just like, I'm not restoring him too bad. You know what? He, he made money off kids and blah, blah, blah. It's like, dude, that was six years before he got banned and he apologized for it. Is there no path to redemption? There are a lot of people who have said worse things. Barack Obama blew kids up, blew them up too many of them. Got to blow them up. If you vote for me, 2012, I'm going to blow up kids. And that's what he did. I, I, it's not a very good Obama impersonation on purpose. And people are like, that's a pretty, I get people who are like, oh, that was a good Obama. I'm like, no, it's not. I'm trying to do a bad Obama. Anyway, it's amazing to see that we are now entering a new era in the beginning of the 2020s, two years away from an election. Some of the most powerful voices that helped Donald Trump ascend are being restored to the conversation. But it is not over yet. Rumors abound that Apple may delete Twitter from the App Store. Now, I don't know that that's true. That sounds a little bit wild. People who are reporting that Apple deleted all of their tweets. You know, I got got to say, look, there's one thing I really don't like is that people who don't understand how Twitter works will constantly DM me or tweet at me and say things that are like, so um, Instagram, for instance, this, this is how it works. And I'm not, I'm not trying to be mean to people who don't understand this. I'm just saying, like, guys, I'll, I, I constantly get DMs. They're like, Donald Trump is back on Instagram. He's back. And it's like his account is still there, but he can't post. He's back on Facebook. I'm like, yes, his account was not deleted. He just can't post. He's banned. He can't post. And so they're acting, you know, they, they don't understand. So the same thing is true with Twitter. People don't understand that someone could be locked out of their account and their tweets are still there. And uh, with Apple, people are reporting that they deleted all of their tweets. And now people are, are, are coming out and saying, guys, Apple never tweeted. It's an account they use for advertising stuff. So they have ads, but they don't have publicly available tweets. I don't know if that's true either. I'm just saying everybody wants to, to, to rush out, you know. But here's the news. 
Elon Musk fired Twitter's head of sales after she refused to sack more employees. He had previously begged her not to resign. Yo, the other day we were talking about Twitter. And with all these major victories, I, I likened it to, you hear these stories. Someone's on their deathbed, an old person. And they're like laying there and they're like, ah. and then all of a sudden they sit up and they go, I'm feeling much better now. I'd like to see my family. And then they're like, whoa, they're lucid and energized. What's happening? Then the family comes in, they smile, they laugh, they hug, and they say, glad to see you're feeling better. Oh, you know, the family leaves, person dies. I don't know what it's all about, but uh, I certainly believe in something well beyond this reality and this existence. And there's something interesting and magical about those moments when you read about them. My understanding is they're fairly common. It's almost like a person's soul says, I am going to take all of the remaining energy I have for one final moment with those that I love or for some purpose. It defies in many ways. It it doesn't really defy um, the natural laws. It just feels like it does. I mean, it very well could be a natural component of, of our lives that before people passed on, they, they, they summoned up what little energy they have to, to make sure people were stronger, because if that were to happen, then people were more likely to survive evolution and all that jazz. But I like to believe it signifies something deeper and something beyond. Anyway, I bring that up because it kind of feels like that's what's happening with Twitter. The other day, Luke was saying that Luke and Mary uh, were both saying that the replies to tweets are appearing above them and you have to scroll up to see them like, wait, what? That hasn't happened to me. What I have seen is that you'll click a tweet and then it'll appear and then disappear and say the tweet is unavailable. And then you got to keep refreshing, trying to get the tweet to appear. It's so weird. Yes, yes, yes. The glitches are, in fact, piling up. But it's only been a few weeks. So we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. Elon is still in purge mode, reducing staff to just around 2,750. Now, I don't know if that's true. I, th- I heard it was way, way less. I heard that he got rid of, da- I, thought, I thought they were down to only a few hundred employees. Elon wields the axe again. Twitter boss Musk fires staff from sales team during latest bloodbaths at social media firm that's seen him reduce headcount from 7,000 to just 2,700. My friends, as you go to this Thanksgiving dinner and see all those you know and love, if there is anything you can say that you would like to give thanks to, it is Elon Musk. Look, I'm not saying the dude's perfect. I'm not saying you give him a pass on all the bad things he said or done. Of course not. I'm saying you give thanks to what he's done now. He's firing these people outright. He's, he's carving down the company and he's bringing people back. He, we, they're, they're, apparently, he's, he's reporting record growth of the platform, which is good for the platform. And uh, it's lit. Yo, if you're not on Twitter right now, it's crazy. It's, it's, it's crazy. People are losing their minds. Nate, I got I to gotta talk about this later. Nate Silver. All right. He's like a New York Times. I don't know. If, I don't think 538 still with the New York Times. I'm not sure. But he's calling out these uh, NBC News fact checkers like it is getting wild, really does feel like the tides have turned and we are on track to win the culture war. The removal of these salespeople. I have to wonder. Now, one of the big risks to Twitter right now and the scary thing is that they're not making money. Elon Musk says they're churning about four million dollars per day. So they have to start getting rid of people. And they are. But getting rid of your sales team, Elon, I don't know if you will ever hear this. You probably won't. I tried buying an ad where it was a picture of Donald Trump going Super Saiyan. 
I'm making fun of the political climate. I'm not really mocking Trump. It is sort of uh, making fun of Trump. It is, it is satirical in that Donald Trump is powering up. And so he turns, you know, like Goku from Dragon Ball Z. Some people, if you don't, I, who doesn't know what Dragon Ball Z is? And uh, I don't know. Some people probably don't. Anyway, it's an anime. And uh, they said it was political. They rejected the ad. So then I said, okay, fine. What if I advertise this rooster? It is a cartoon of Roberto Jr., my rooster, on a shirt, and he's got his wings up, and it says, stand your ground. And they rejected the ad. Why? They said it was inappropriate content. What? It's, I'm giving you money. That's crazy, man. I tried, I tried giving this company money so I could sell a rooster t-shirt. That's seriously all it is. It's a rooster raising its wings saying, stand your ground. It is just a, a meme idea that we had. You know, there's like, don't tread on me, you know, where the snake is like, if you screw with me, I'll bite you. The rooster that I, the reason I did this is that uh, roosters will sacrifice themselves to save their hens. And I think that's honorable. And I respect the noble rooster who would charge at a fox, flapping his wings like crazy and kicking his spurs, knowing he will die. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. To save his ladies. See, that's something I think humans can aspire to. And many often did. The strong masculine trope. A man charging into battle knowing he may not return home. A man running full speed into a burning building knowing that he may die. But there are people in that who need to be saved. Now, the reality is most people don't think they're going to die. You know, my dad's a firefighter. He said, if they ever thought they would die by going into a building, they wouldn't go in. Well, yeah, I mean, that's obvious. But they do. But but that is not to say that they don't understand the risk is there. Of course, they understand that. The general idea is if the building is creaking and about to collapse, like we can't go in there. It's like no one's going to go on a suicide mission. Some people do. OK, but the idea is running into a burning building is an inherent risk. We used to have a culture of strong people who would say, I would be willing to do that. We, we, we don't so much anymore. We have a strong culture now of people running away. Like, like look at Parkland with the security, the cop or whatever, the security guard. He's like, oh, no, I hear a shot. I better run and hide. Look at the cops in Uvalde. It's like, no, 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 we can't go in. We're scared. You mean to tell me that these cops, these security guards don't have the bravery of a rooster? Come on. That's insane to me. So that's why I said I will promote my rooster because roosters have more bravery and their little bodies than these humans do. Anyway, Twitter <laughs> rejected the ad and they said it was inappropriate content. So getting rid of the sales team, I don't know how this is going to play out. I don't know how it's going to play out. If, you, if you're not able to take my money when I'm trying to promote the idea of a rooster, that's it. I don't know how this is going to work out. But maybe it's not necessarily a good sign or maybe t some things need to change. But the goal with, with producing shirts like this, the goal of producing culture like this is to push those ideas that I think most of you agree with and we need restored. The idea of strong, positive masculinity. And if it has to come from a rooster, then so be it. In fact, to remind these cops, to remind Twitter, 
to remind the American people of what we gave up. Perhaps it should be but mockery to see the rooster, a chicken, is braver than you. Not everybody. There are a lot of brave people in this country. There are a lot of brave people around the world. There are a lot of brave people that you know you 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 know and I know, and there are people much much braver than I. But that's the point. That's the point of the culture war, isn't it? At least to a great degree, we can't be a society that sacrifices children to protect the elderly. Another important message that I hope my rooster gets across to all of you. You know, I really do mean it when I say that uh, I'm not trying to. It is funny. It is cute. But I genuinely mean it. I've got the rooster out there, Roberto Jr., and he loves his ladies. You know, in exchange for protecting them, he takes what he wants. Whatever. That's chicken culture, I guess. But when I when I, when I started uh, reading about, you know, how to properly raise chickens and, and why you should have roosters, we, we, we initially didn't want a rooster. I didn't know. I don't know. And I was just like, we just want chickens. We just want eggs. We don't want roosters. They're noisy. And then we read, you should have them. You absolutely should. And uh, it worked out. One of our chickens actually, our hens actually turned out to be a rooster. It just, it happens. And now, and I was Roberto. And then he had a bunch of kids. And now we have Roberto Jr. And then I learned, and uh, uh, rather, rather hilariously, that chickens have more bravery than modern American culture. And that's a problem. And I, I hope you recognize that as much as I joke about chickens and all that stuff, it's a problem when it used to be the trope in our culture was that chicken meant you were scared. They'd run away. They'd freak out. Despite the fact that roosters would sacrifice themselves in battle. Chicken. It means you're a chicken. You're a coward. You're scared. Yet today, we have police officers who enter schools with active shooters and don't do anything. We have security guards at schools who run away. That's scary to me. We've got to do something to reinvigorate masculinity. It's a large component of the culture war. The censors, the people on Twitter, they wanted to pander to the whiny crybabies who were screaming, the hall monitors who wouldn't shut up. Now that's changing. The ADL, the Anti-Defamation League, man, I love this stuff. They come out and they're like, Elon Musk told us he was going to get rid of hate speech. And then Elon responds, stop defaming me. Darren Beatty was mentioning this. It's like the first time someone has stood up to the ADL and told them to shove off. Wow. I think Elon Musk figured something out, or at least he's making a, a bet. He's betting that you will spend $8 a month to be on Twitter. Okay, dude, we'll fix it. That's the challenge. If people don't sign up, he can't fix it. How do you get people to sign up? He's tweeting up a storm. He's making it fun again. And they've postponed the launch of the uh, Twitter verification because of the problem of impersonation. They're trying things out. But this is his bet, that he brings back fun people. He brings back people who uh, instigate conversations and more people will want to be here. And they are 1.6 million new daily active users. Elon Musk reports the left are losing followers. The right, the independents, they're gaining followers. So Elon Musk is probably just betting on the basic uh, business model. I, I know exactly how this goes. Become a member at TimCast.com to support our work. It's this. If I can increase traffic to my website, then a certain number of those people will sign up and become members and keep the site afloat. That's why we have the news team. The news team for us is basically marketing. We write news stories. We post the news stories. We share the news stories. Someone might click the news story. 
Then someone might see a piece of content that is members only and say, I'm willing to pay for this. Some stuff is free. News, I think mostly should be free. Mostly because it's, it's hard to know if, if you're putting a ridiculous amount of money into an investigative report or a documentary. But for the most part, news articles, they're free. And hopefully people trust our news team and say one of two things. I got this content for free, so I will pay 10 bucks a month so that these journalists can keep doing the work they do and calling out the lies. The next thing is they read the article and they say, I'm not paying for this. But then they see an uncensored members only uh, uh, show like last night where we talked in Balenciaga, uh, Balenciaga, whatever. There's a story about the kids with the BDSM teddy bears. And we talked about that. Maybe someone will say, I want to hear these conversations. Only some of those conversations are members only uncensored. But maybe they'll say, I'll pay for this. That allows us to grow. It allows us to fight in the culture war and allows us to win. Elon Musk made that bet. He's probably thinking, in order to make Twitter function, you need X amount of paying members per month. If it's $4 million per day, whew, that's hefty, my friend. That is hefty. $4 million per day. I mean, what are we talking? We're talking 120 million bucks per month to operate this platform. Slow down there a minute. That $4 million a day is probably based upon the bloated staff that they had. So Elon Musk cuts them all down. And then what are their costs? Maybe it goes down to a million bucks a day. Now he only needs $30 million per month. Okay, that's tough. He's going to need like five, six, seven million. Probably, you know, if it's 30 million per month, at least seven million paying $8 members uh, per month. Can he pull it off? I think so. Because it's not just about individuals. This is what you need to understand. Timcast.com is a company. We have Timcast News. We have Pop Culture Crisis. We have Tales from the Inverted World. That means as one company with three business accounts and then 30 plus employee accounts, we're not just spending eight bucks a month. We're going to be spending like, I don't know, two or three hundred bucks a month for our company to get everyone the, the, the premium features and to have them verified. I don't think it's a bad business model. I think companies, I, I think this is what Elon Musk saw. Twitter was giving employees at companies like news media outlets verification for free because they wanted them to generate users or whatever, make money off ads. Elon saying, if this company's New York Times has got thousands of employees, they're going to be spending 10 to 20 grand per month. Yeah, I think he, he's going to, I think he's going to get it. We will see. But uh, shout out to Carl Benjamin. Uh, congratulations on Lotus Eaters and everything you've been able to keep uh, uh, done and, and, and keep doing. Glad to see that they finally restored you, of course, to Twitter. And uh, I look forward to you being able to make it to the U.S. at some point. That next segment's coming up at uh, 1 p.m. on this channel. Thanks for hanging out, everybody. And I'm just going to say, too, man, look, Thanksgiving is in two days. I hope you guys got big old turkeys. We got a farm fresh. We got a mountain fresh turkey. It says not farm fresh. It's a mountain fresh turkey from a mountain homegrown. I'm excited for this to have some real turkey. And uh, we're going to have a good time. I'm going to try and work as, as, as much as I can, but I think we're going to be off for Thanksgiving. We might even be off tomorrow. Simply put, nobody's working. Nobody's working. So it's tough to, uh, on holidays, you know, I go to my employees, the staff, and I'm saying like, okay, guys, can we get some, you know, what's the news for the day? And they're like, dude, no one's working, right? When people don't work, things don't happen. So if there's nothing happening, there's nothing to write about. And you don't want to just, I don't know, 
I don't I don't like making videos for the sake of making videos. It's one of the reasons I st- I produced less. I, I, two years ago, I was doing uh, uh, six videos per day. Now I'm doing three plus IRL. Yeah, I was doing like four or five hours of content per day. And then I was just like, but at a certain point, it's like just doing content for the sake of content. It's good. It's a lot of money to be made. It's crazy. But um, I don't know. Maybe maybe it's just time to uh, uh, recognize the holiday is here. Everybody can take a break and get their mind off this stuff, but we'll see. I hate not working, so uh, I'll, I'll try, but you know, we'll see what happens. So again, next segment's at 1 p.m. And I'll, on this channel, and I'll see you all then. Violence is always bad. Every single circumstance. Always. If you find yourself in a situation where your life is being threatened, and uh, you resort to violence to defend yourself, you're justified in defending yourself. But the violence is still bad. We don't want fighting. We don't want destruction. We want life. We want creation. We want peace, sustainability, and cooperation. Now, obviously, if your life is being threatened, the person at fault is the person threatening your life and trying to take your life. In this story from the Washington Post, they talk about the hero of Club Q, a man who started beating the uh, shooter, subduing him. Now, of course, the view of most people is that this guy is a hero. The violent actions he took helped save people's lives. And the reason why I say the violence is always bad is because it shouldn't have had to happen. It shouldn't ever happen. But this is life. Now, I'll tell you the scary prospect of what this story means, because I'm shocked at what I'm seeing across media and social media. The first thing, everybody recognizes that this is a horrifying and tragic story. A shooting in Colorado Springs inside a gay dance club, an LGBT dance club, Club Q. Now, we don't exactly have any confirmed motives or anything. And people are saying, wait, don't speculate, Tim. One thing I can tell you, though, is about an hour and a half before the shooting took place, Club Q posted on Facebook that they were going to be hosting an all ages drag brunch the next day. An hour and a half after that, a man showed up with weapons and body armor and began shooting people, innocent people, and killing five people, hate crime, murder, etc. The scary thing about this is that when I see this and I say something like, hey, this is really bad. A shooting like this should never happen. What do I see on social media? What do I see on, the, on these forums? There are people that are cheering it on. That scares me. These people at Club Q who were dancing, who were attacked, were not hosting an all ages drag event. But the club was the next day. The response from people then is that these are groomers and pedophiles and other th- other things like that. And the scary reality is the, the, the Antifa's showing up with rifles at these events and uh, people are protesting. The, the tensions escalating and it looks like I don't know how something like this gets resolved. I can only stress we need legislation We need the police to shut these events down for a variety of reasons, but it's not going to happen. There's not going to be a shutting down of these events. It's not there's not going to be a legislation. And if this is what happens, then I fear what will what will start to happen is more violence. How do we how do we stop it? 
That's that, that that's what I'm trying to find out. There's a guy, a journalist. Don't like him. He's a disinformation peddler. Nate Silver is calling him out. It's actually kind of funny. Nate Silver is calling out uh, Ben Collins, who is a disinformation reporter, they call him. And, he, and it's because, uh, uh, you know, Ben Collins in, insulted Nate Silver's forecasting models or something because he doesn't understand how they work. But Ben Collins uh, is being called out because he went on MSNBC, I think it was MSNBC, and he says that he's written all of these stories about uh, what they refer to as stochastic terrorism. He didn't say those words. He said he's written stories about how the rhetoric is increasing against uh, LGBT people and things like that. There's I don't I don't even know how to talk about this. I'm I'm worried that this is how we see the ultimate breakdown. This is it. I didn't think it would be this issue. I thought it would be abortion or something. So I tweeted. A a, a club announces they're going to be having a an all ages drag brunch. People are posting photos and videos of what goes on at these events. And it's horrifying. Men walking around spreading their legs for children. Uh, uh, Males with fake breasts exposing them. There was the event, I think it was in Texas, where the big sign said it's not going to lick itself as they had little children running around. It's happening. That's it's really happening. People have begun protesting in response to the protesting. Leftist journalists like Ben Collins come out and say this is going to lead to attacks and violence. Bill Maher said that these people are attacking these 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 clubs, these uh, uh, events. Then this. Here is the uh, uh, these posts on Facebook are back to back. Okay, people are asking me why why I posted these this this image. This is a single screenshot, not two different ones. Around nine p.m. I'm sorry, ten p.m. Excuse me. Club Q posted. Let's prep for a fantastic Sunday fun day. Doors open at eleven a.m. for our noon all ages drag brunch. Join us for a fantastic drink special and even more amazing drag show. Then stick around for an all-stars cast of our freshest faces. We're celebrating Transgender Day of Remembrance with a variety of gender identities and performance styles. Show starts at 8 p.m. The next thing they posted, only a couple hours later, well, several hours later, Club Q is devastated by the senseless attack on our community. Our prayers and thoughts are with all the victims and their families and friends. We thank the quick reactions of heroic customers that subdued the gunman and ended this hate attack. This guy who attacked this was was in the wrong. And there's no question about it. The scary thing to me is that's not what I'm seeing on social media. And it's veiled because nobody really wants to say it, but I'll say it. I think the grooming is wrong. I think the grooming should be stopped by law enforcement. I believe that there should be legislation stopping what's happening. And many of these things are already illegal. And that never justifies what we are seeing here. First and foremost, a guy goes into a club having nothing to do with that event. I'm sorry, he goes into an, an event. He goes in on Saturday night and he attacks random people. Attacking people outright is wrong, but I don't understand how anybody is justifying this. What I'm hearing from people is they're saying, oh, so you expect us to tolerate grooming? What? No, I'm saying we should condemn this. I don't know. I don't have all the answers, man. I just can tell you that 
anybody who's calling for violence or who wants violence probably it typically has not experienced it. That's all I can say. Because it's 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 nightmarish what ends up happening. So around 10 p.m., they post about this. <clears throat> the Washington Post reports moments before midnight, a young man wearing a military style jacket carrying a, a, a long AR-15 style rifle and handgun walked into the club where the bouncers knew many of the patrons and were known to give everyone else a hard look. Someone mentions they hear popping. It's muffled. Scrolling down, they mention the police were called 1156 p.m. and 57 seconds. A man jumped on him, grabbed his weapon and started beating him with it, stopping him. Good. We should not tolerate grooming. We should not tolerate pedophiles. But we should not be encouraging random acts of extremist violence. And we should we should we should condemn random acts always. But this is what scares me. The ideological bifurcation has reached a point where I I look. Let me let me let me let me play this clip for you. I do want to say though, this is Ben um, Collins. Not a fan of the guy. Am I doing something wrong here? Here are some headlines that I wrote for the last six months. Fueled by Internet's far-right machine, anti-LGBTQ threats shut down trans rights and drag events. Remember, uh, there was a drag event happening in Colorado. Okay, hold on. Now, his framing's always off. But yes, people have been protesting these events. Anti-trans stalkers at Kiwi Farms, which is an uh, uh, anti-trans website that stalks people. That's a lie. It's, there's people on there who hold those views. It's a forum. Are chasing one victim around the world. Their list of targets is growing. That was a couple months ago. Doctors under threat from far-right activists for providing trans care. Boston Children's Hospital faces bomb threat after right-wing harassment campaign. There were three of those bomb threats. FBI charges Massachusetts women with Boston Children's Hospital bomb threats, so they found one of the people. At least 20 Republican politicians have claimed that schools are making accommodations for students who identify as cats. That was before um, the midterms. Here are, some, here are three more from my colleagues in the last uh, three weeks. As election nears, some conservative groups have ramped up anti-trans campaign ads. Far-right mm-hmm. figures appear mm-hmm. to be testing Twitter's boundaries for anti-LGBTQ speech. GOP uh, senator targets TikTok influencer with anti-transgender taunts. Okay, you get the point. Here's what I want to say. We shouldn't tolerate what these people are doing to kids. No question. But not tolerating something doesn't mean in any way defending what we see with random acts of violence. There's a lot of horrible things that are happening with kids, and I view it much like uh, lobotomies. We, we, we often talk about what's happening with children being sterilized and castrated. Europe is, is banning this. Tavistock in the UK is getting rid of this. There are videos of adult men with breast implants exposing them to children. That's it, like literally. There's, a, there, there's photos out of Canada where a man wore big fake uh, fetish toys to school interesting symbol in his classroom that, you know, there are, uh, there's the, the thing out of uh, Texas I, I mentioned where the kids were at a drag event and it said, it's not going to lick itself on the wall. Then you have certain children who are being told to do drag. They'll lie to you. Like Ben Collins says in this clip, it's not a hypersexualized thing, except drag shows literally are stripping. 
100%. No question. Now, here's what's funny. In response to pointing these things out, the left is claiming that I'm engaging in stochastic terrorism. No, I've always condemned violence. And I'll tell you one simple political thing. It absolutely helps. We are not in the era where standing in a building gives you political power. If people get scared, they flock to the the person who they think will keep them safe or to the people who oppose whatever is making them scared. So what happens with an event like this is that people get attacked and the average person doesn't know anything about it. All they know is violent right wingers, just like we were told. The Democrats campaign on it and they win votes because of it. That's the political reality. The moral reality is it's wrong to go in and, and, and do anything like this. And it shouldn't be supported. But this is what uh, has me scared, I suppose. I, I, I tweeted, the grooming's not going to stop. There's, there's uh, uh, the, going back to the, the child drag stuff, a little boy taking his clothes off on stage for adult men who give him money. That's grooming. Grooming doesn't mean that you bring a, uh, an adult toy and hand it to a child. Grooming doesn't mean you do anything physical to the child. Grooming is where you introduce the weakest element of adult sexualized activities so that you can convince a child it's normal. The idea of grooming is basically this. It's something called uh, reasonable boundaries. If you go up to a random person on the street and then point and say, excuse me, sir, see that random person over there? I want you to strike them. They'd be like, are you nuts? Get away from me. No. You cannot convince someone to move beyond their reasonable boundaries. It is unreasonable to ask someone. Now, if you said, I want you to go over to that person and hug them, they'd still probably say no. Less averse to doing it because hugging is not not a destructive act. So how do you convince someone to hug or to hate? It's essentially what grooming is. Now, grooming specifically refers to the ideology, but mostly to the adult activities. But what you do is you'd say, you know, that guy over there was, he said you were, you know, sleep, you know, you were, you were dumb or you'd insult him. And the guy's going to say, what? I didn't say anything. You groom him. You, 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 you slowly massage the person towards the direction. Now, obviously you can't do this in one step to a random person. The way it works with people in social engineering is you say something like to an Ob- to someone who loves Obama, you say, Obama's fantastic. I just wish he wasn't doing the drone strikes. Most people will agree with that. You've now got them to move over a tiny bit imperfection. The Chinese, I believe it was the Chinese who did this. Um, I think it was the Chinese during um, Vietnam or something like that. What they would do is the, or I think it was the Chinese working with the Vietnamese. I mean, maybe I'm wrong about that, but I think it was the Chinese. They would take American POWs and they would tell them, if you want to eat, tell me something you don't like about America. Well, come on. There's tons of stuff not to like about America. I mean, we love the country. It's got a lot of problems. And so the guy would be like, well, are you serious? Yeah, okay, I don't know. We, we it's, uh, you know, a lot of fat cat politicians, you know. Here, here's your food. The next day they say, tell me something else you don't like about America. Eventually, they've got you writing out a huge list of everything you hate about the country. They are grooming you. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. 
More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. In this instance, what they do is drag performances are where adult men dress like women and then remove clothing and or do the splits or thrust or drop it low, things that are sexual in nature. And they do it for money. They walk around taking money for the crowd, comparable to stripping. Not all stripping, and people don't know this, not all stripping is nude. They call them bikini bars. They call it go-go dancing. Not all states allow women to get naked on stage. So some strip clubs, many of them actually, in these states, well, all of them in certain states, the women have to wear full clothing, a sports bra and an underwear or a bikini or something, or something like that, a bathing suit. So when they're stripping their clothes off, they are still not nude. Similar to drag. They have children do this. Legislators aren't, aren't doing anything about it in certain states, blue states namely. But it's also happening in red states. You've got people that are, oh, look at that, I'm trending now. There you go. Probably because of what I'm talking about. It's a scary thing to say. It's a scary thing to bring, bring up. And I had to think about whether or not we could talk about this. We want the grooming to stop. We want there to be no violence. We want both of those things to happen, which means peaceful protests, which means legislation, which means solving the ballot harvesting problem, which means winning uh, elections. It means condemning overt violent actions. It means condemning extremists or people who want to engage in what they would view as vigilantism. It needs to stop the violence. But I'm, I'm concerned that there's, there's, there's no appetite for the stopping of it. When I pointed out, similarly in agreement with Ben Collins, a man I do not like, that it looks like this guy was targeting over the drag event, the left actually attacked me for it. I think because they want fomentation of violence or escalation. I didn't say civil war. I said, if the grooming doesn't stop, if the legislators aren't going, can't stop it, if people are continually calling for violence, then you tell me what happens next. And surprisingly, the threat is filled with leftists saying, I'm encouraging more violence and people on the right saying, we refuse to tolerate pedophiles. And I'm like, holy crap, dude. I mean, this is what I fear is, 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 is where we go. So you tell me what's going to happen, I guess. I am not someone who believes that we solve problems through violence. I think war is bad. I think it makes things worse. I think it drops our standard of living. I think it makes these people double down. It makes them get armed security. It makes them get legislative protection. We don't we don't we don't want these uh, these grooming events to happen. But the left lies. They say they're not grooming events. They're not. You're encouraging violence by saying they are. They are. They're having adult men perform sexualized uh, 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 events for children. They claim it's not, but they're lying. It's not going to lick itself on the wall. <laughs> There's no answer to this, man. I'm not going to pretend to know. All I know is that I'm looking at this story and I'm like, is anyone going to bring this up? I'm wondering why no one's really talking about it. I mean, people are talking about it, don't get me wrong. 
But I'm wondering why it's not been so dominant like like many other events. And I'm like, maybe this is why they don't want anyone talking about it. The, the, the terrifying realization, the sinking feeling people get. I was originally going to do a segment on fake news. And then I saw this. And I will tell you this. There is a fear. This is a dangerous subject. The left will go nuts. They will try to get me banned. Uh, I'm sure YouTube is none too happy that I'm even talking about this event. People on the right are attacking me saying that I'm, I'm saying we should tolerate grooming and pedophiles. And I'm just like, there is no middle ground for anyone. Apparently not. I think it's simple, actually, to be completely honest. No random acts of violence, no extremism, no innocent people being attacked. Peaceful protests. That's what the left does. Legislative victories and exposure. I can say one thing. This man who went in there, if it really was about the all ages drag brunch, and we don't know for sure. All he did was help the groomers. And I'll say it again. The violence helps these people. This is why false flag attacks exist, because being aggressed upon empowers you in the information age. Now, I'm not saying that these people did anything wrong. Quite the opposite. These, these were random people that weren't at an all ages drag brunch. I don't know that this man attacked this place because of that. I think the left is mad partly because they want this to be just right wing extremism and very well does look to be. But they don't want it to be about the grooming. They don't want people to hear that that's happening. They want the story just to be that this guy's motivation was that he was a bigot or something. They want it very general. I don't know his motivations. All I know is I want to be able to sit back in my massage chair and put on the news and hear about a sports controversy like Colin Kaepernick kneeling. Have that be our uh, our conflict and our crisis. Not this stuff. This stuff terrifies me. But it's only been escalating. And then you get the people who say anybody who says it's escalating is grifting off you. And I'm like, OK, OK, you know, I'll just not never talk about this. It's safer, really to just ignore the more controversial subjects. So as I sat here preparing my segment that I publish at 1 p.m., I was preparing to talk about fake news, the election, and these journalists who lie and all that stuff. And then I start seeing more about this stuff. I decided to look into it. And I was just like, okay, man, we're so dangerously close to the veil being stripped from, from in front of us that it's got to be talked about. I don't think, I don't know. I, I just, it's just kind of, it was kind of crazy for me to see so many people on Twitter. Not necessarily people who follow me, mind you. Ignoring the context of the story, but just saying things like the grooming must be stopped. And I'm like, bro, are you going to come out and say this was wrong? No, they're not. Now that freaked me out. I'm like, I can't believe we're at a point where anyone would entertain this. That's what, that's what people don't get. Look, I'm not here to ignore the fact that Antifa are extremist psychopaths as well that have murdered people in the streets. I want to make sure that point is highlighted in this segment. So you do you. you, you I have no answers. I have no answers for you on this. We'll see what happens. That's what I do. I opine. We'll see what happens. What what is this guy's motivation? He's going to go to prison for a long time. He's a dangerous psychopath. He'd been arrested before, apparently making threats. You t- I got no answers for you. I hope I hope this stuff just doesn't keep happening. I hope it stops. 
I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up at 4 p.m. at youtube.com slash TimCast. Thanks for hanging out. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane. So shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.